Today on Inside Marketing, we'll be looking at the world of digital audio. It is booming at the moment in terms of the number of connected devices, but also the number of podcasts and quality audio inventory available right now. Digital audio is no longer niche, so stay tuned as we explore the dynamic world of digital audio on this week's Inside Marketing. The Inside Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions. Hello and welcome to this week's Inside Marketing. As I said, I'm going to talk about the world of digital audio today and I'm joined by two people that can only be described as powerhouses in the digital audio landscape and that's Rob Timney from AudioXI and Carol O'Dwyer from Digitize who, amongst other things, represents Spotify in Ireland. Welcome both of you. Thanks very much, Dave. And how are you getting on? First of all, Carol, how are you? How's life? How's, we'll get into business in a second, but how is life in, I'm not even going to say how's work from home because as Maeve said to me last time, work from home is just working. That's what it is. So how are you getting on? You know, trying my best to get out into the sunshine when we have those couple of hours a day or, or a week even. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, everything good. Mm, um, everyone's safe. First year so far, yeah. Very good. Rob, how are you? I can't complain, Dave. I'm nestled up in uh, Donegal here and getting plenty of fresh air and a few surfs in and into the water. So I am in a a very clear mind space, which I can only say is a good thing. Well, I don't envy it. The thoughts of surfing in this country just does not sound appealing to me. But we're here to talk about digital audio. So um, I've read I've read a lot a lot about digital audio generally. When when we talked about clients about this about two years ago, one of the questions I was asking because. I was thinking about what's the sale when I go into them? Why should they do it? And the way I was trying to talk to the guys in here about it was, I was trying to ask myself, what problem are we solving here? And what I mean by that is that sometimes if you take TV, for example, there's a decline in linear TV viewing and your potential reach gets lower and lower. And then so online video, you have to go to online video to kind of replenish the the blind spots that you that you would have as people fall off linear platforms. But that's not the case in radio. FM radio, radio in Ireland is phenomenally strong. So it's not a case that... We've seen audiences fall off a cliff in Ireland and they've left FM in their droves. So we need digital to, like, it seems to be additive to the whole thing. So I haven't read a lot about it. It's like, I, I know how big it is globally, but I haven't seen that much about the figures in Ireland. So first of all, I think it's fair to say it's not a niche audience anymore. And I, I said that at the start, but Rob, you wrote an article in today's Irish Times, which is why we're checking out. And you mentioned a piece of research, which was called uh, Listen Up Ireland. So can you talk me through some of the findings of that and just how big digital audio is in Ireland? Just give me some context, some scale. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, digital audio has definitely exploded in the Irish market. And the thinking behind the Listen Up Ireland research was, as you, as you mentioned there, Dave, we had a lot of great global research, but there was very little that was specific to the Irish market. So mm-hmm. through IAB Ireland and with Red Sea, we commissioned a piece of research called Listen Up Ireland in 2019, and we've ran the second year of it now in 2020 as well. So like I suppose, firstly, when we speak about digital audio, we're looking at any audio content that's consumed on a connected device. So it could be your favorite radio show, as you'd mentioned there. It could be Today FM. It could be Red FM. You could be streaming your favorite music. Uh, it could be via Spotify uh, with Carol or something like SoundCloud. Or you could be listening to your favorite podcast. It could be Inside Marketing. It could be uh, GEA and Off the Ball. Uh, or it could be like the David McWilliams podcast. So there's 2.53 million people, according to the Listen Up Ireland research, listen to digital audio weekly. So it's up 9% year on right. year from 2019, but they're actually consuming a huge amount of audio content. So on an average week, uh, the average person is consuming 16.6 hours across wow. those three forms. Uh, so it's, it's large, you know, and then if we take that to certain age groups, 
Dave, the 25 to 34s are consuming on average 22 and a half hours every week. So again, uh, a lot of people there. I think media, like life has kind of continued and gone on, habits have changed and that has impacted in terms of media consumption. So one of the things that has happened is the, you know, radio was typically the shoulders of the day, the morning and evening drive time and, and the, the, the lack of a morning commute would have impacted on that significantly, I would have thought. And so in my head, I was probably thinking, yeah, well, that's not good for audio generally, radio or anything. But I don't think that's been the case. I think like digital audio, as you said, has been significant growth year and year. So Carol, just again, for context, for people who may not know, we all know Spotify. How big is Spotify in Ireland at this stage and what type of growth are you seeing across the platform? Spotify, as you can imagine, um, is continuing to grow all the time. We're, get, we're constantly getting new podcasts and there's, you know, I think there's 50,000 songs added each day as well. So the, the library of music that's on Spotify is absolutely huge, but also the amount of people that are actually listening to Spotify is continuing to grow. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, we're at about uh, 1.1 million uh, people on the free platform. Right. So there they add supported. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's probably about another 400,000 on the premium platform as well. So it's quite a huge audience that are mm-hmm. actually listening to Spotify quite regularly. Um, Spotify don't release their numbers on a market by market basis. Um, that's their policy mm-hmm. globally. But we have seen about a 30%, maybe 30, 35% increase really since March last year. So right. when the pandemic hit, a lot more people decided they wanted more audio in their lives and really kind of, you know, gained yeah. or regained <laughs> really yeah, yeah. in that side of things. So uh, yeah, we're constantly growing um, and we're seeing a lot more people are kind of, you know, joining the free. Maybe they go on to premium or maybe they stay on the free. So both of them are constantly growing on both sides. Yeah. And it's also so big numbers and growing because again, I don't know, everyone's kind of behavior is you think everyone else does the same things you do. And I would have thought like, I just don't have time to listen to radio anymore. I don't have a commute anymore as nobody, most people don't. So, I mean, that's surprising, but it's great, like brilliant platform. So, and Spotify is an interesting business because it's gone, like it's made a big play strategically in podcasts, which makes total sense because you can own the IP around podcasts and it's hard to own IP and music. No one's going to sign up to Spotify. Music is kind of, has to transcend the platform. But Spotify has invested quite a lot, famously quite a lot of money into podcasts. I think it's a really smart strategy. It, you can buy this as off me if you want, by the way. I'll sell it to you, no problem. I'll kick the Irish Times out and you can buy this. <laughs> um, but in terms of that change, because it is something that I guess strategically the business has made a big play in terms of audio content. So have you noticed a change in the consumption habits of the audience? Are you seeing a shift away from music to podcasts? Or are you seeing podcasts grow and it's just additive to people listening to music? Yeah, we typically see that people are listening to both podcasts and music. It's not that they're coming on and just listening to one or the other. And we actually see people who listen to podcasts stay on the platform for a lot longer and they listen to twice as much. So it, it is kind of a, an additive thing. Uh, we've obviously had huge inroads in terms of the content that we've gained onto the platform, like especially in the last two years. There's been a lot more partnerships, a lot more Spotify exclusives as well. Mm. So there's a hell of a lot more content there and it's just continuing to grow. The great thing about podcasts as well is it's, it's such an indulgence. Yeah. There's so, you know, it, it really is kind of a me time. Um, and I think a lot of people during the pandemic kind of lent into that. They yeah. probably had a bit more time on their hands. They weren't having the usual office discussions. Mm-hmm. So they were like, depending on podcasts to have conversations going. I know myself, there's some days I didn't have anything to say to my friends and family. So I was listening to a podcast instead. and. That was the, the chat that I needed in my life. So I, you know, when I find that uh, it's really comforting, it's, it's 
kind of a companion uh, podcast hosts are such, you know, we say they're kind of the most authentic influencers because you really value what they have to say. Like when you're listening to a podcast, you're tuning in to hear what the host has to say. Mm. And it's usually the host that you have the connection with rather than the content. It's very rare that I would go and search for a topic that I really want to learn about. You know, it's, it's more of like, what does this person have to say? Yeah. So people have such a connection with podcasts like them. Yeah, definitely. And Rob, have you seen the same thing? Is it in terms of shift? How big has podcast growth been? Yeah, look, podcast has, has exploded, I suppose. Listening all in all has probably grown um, across Audio XI in the last 12 months and definitely since the pandemic. And I suppose what we found is a, a huge spike initially, Dave, and then it corrected yeah. itself to what we will call like the new normal in terms of figures across. Mm-hmm. And time-wise, as you'd mentioned there, we've probably just found people are starting slightly later because they don't have that commute yeah. now, uh, in some cases, down to the kitchen table rather than the, into the office. But mm-hmm. like... All in all, when we look at Audio XI, it's it's made up of like 22 different radio stations, uh, 37 music streams, and around 1,100 podcast series. So it's a, it's a wide net of yeah. quite varied and different audio listening there. And if I take like January of 2020 and look at January of, of 2021, we have seen huge growth in that. So like in music and radio, streams are up 57% year in year reaches up a further 66% year on year between the two. Um, and hours consumed is up 89%. So actually the amount of times people are spending with that radio yeah. and music content is huge. And then if we take podcasts, uh, we have those figures separately. Like uh, from January 2020 to January 2021, our podcast plays are up 31%. Wow. Hours have increased of listenership by 11%. And reach is also up 42%. And mm. the podcast ones seem quite low in comparison to the radio and the music streaming, but they were coming from a, a very high base. Right. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. We would look after like Stitcher, Wondery, and then also the likes of, you know, your News Talk podcasts or yeah, your Off yeah. the Box podcasts and others. So uh, coming off a high base, but again, yeah, huge we'll grow, growth. Going the right way. Yeah, it's an incredible. I wouldn't even say like it's an overnight success. If, like podcasts are nothing new. I mean, everyone is into podcasts now at some point. That's one of the beauties of it. We'll get to that later. So whatever you're into, whatever your thing is, there's a there's a really good podcast for that. And it goes like it's verticals. It's these niche passion points. But they're nothing new. Like podcasts have been around for ages. So, but they, they seem to have really taken off lately. I say lately, you know, in the last two years. And, and maybe with the, you know, the Joe Rogan news on Spotify, it's headline stuff now. And the money he's talking about has really made everyone's ears prick up. But they, but really, they're nothing new. So, Robin, the article, I think one of the things, or one of the questions I had, um, and I was thinking this before, was the, why have clients or agencies even, it's not that they've been slow to embrace, but they haven't been as quick to embrace potentially as they could have been given all it has to offer, which we go to in a minute. And one, of, I think one of the things you pointed out in the article was that it was just too difficult to die. It was too, or to buy. It was too fragmented. It was hard to get scale in it. You had to go to multiple vendors was that why was wasn't attractive to people yeah i think that was one of the early issues with it dave was obviously just the fragmentation you know for an agency or for a client to buy podcasts and reach and scale they had to go to that like six or seven different providers it created six or seven different sets Mm -hmm. of tracking tags reports email chains uh, invoices and uh, probably ultimately headaches for mm. what made up a, a small percentage of a, a wider media plan. And um, as you said there, the market has consolidated itself and it's a lot easier to purchase now. Uh, it is helped by, I suppose, the global narrative around the success of podcasts. Mm. And 
probably, which we see through other forms of media as well, clients' consumption habits have probably changed as well, and and they can be listening to more podcasts, so ultimately are aware of it as a medium Mm -hmm. um, because they see the consumption happening more around them. Yeah, and but one of the things, look, and I'm I'm a big fan of radio. There, I've said it once. I probably say it more than once throughout this thing. I feel like I'm defending myself if I say it too many times. And I'm kind of trying too hard, but I, I love radio. But one of the advantages, one of the many advantages of podcasts, is the is the kind of removal of waste, the targeting capabilities, and and all the the data and tracking that go along with digital. Look, and radio is brilliant for mass reach. Not everything needs to be niche. Radio, sometimes you just need to put something out to lots of people. And, and, and increasingly radio, like I don't see radio ever going away. It's always going to be important. But digital audio allows you to actually say, well, if I'm only interested in this particular audience, then I don't want to talk to anybody outside of that. And like, that's obvious for like nappies because there's no point talking to parents who don't have kids a certain age about nappies. just no point. So... The great thing about digital audio is that you can take Dawn's, for example, they've a price an item ad and they've everything thrown into that ad, but you can unpack that and deliver the bits that are relevant to some bits that are relevant to everybody, but the bits relevant to mums with kids under three, et cetera, which is really powerful. So again, maybe for people listening, what type of targeting capabilities exist in terms of to advertise at the moment? What can you do? Rob, I'm going to start with you here. So on your platform, how granular can you go and what type of audience do you trade or sell? Yeah, no issue. And look, Dave, you're right there. There is a host of options available. And I always say with digital audio, it gives you the science of of digital media buying, but with the art of audio advertising. And I won't go too much into the creative side of it because I won't stop talking. We'll get to that in a minute. But look, yeah, in terms of targeting, um, like brands can target with Audio XI by age, uh, they can target by gender, uh, they can target by geo, but when we look at that, I suppose it's obviously by country, uh, but then we can drill down into county, we can drill down into a town, um, and more and more now working with businesses where we can like draw a 10 kilometer radius around their business and only advertise into that area, which I suppose lends huge possibilities for local advertisers because they can then access national and global audio publishers cost effectively without media wastage. We can also target by device. So it could be a mobile or smart speaker or desktop campaign or more and more now we're um, targeting by operating system. So you can target a certain message to an Apple iOS or an Android. Uh, targeted by weather, uh, be that rain, which we get a lot of yeah. snow. Wow. Uh, or, <laughs> we need a lot of that here, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> or the sun when it comes out. Uh, and it could be temperature either. So, you know, to mm. the zero degree weather we've been having, which has been more common. Uh, and that leads to a host of creative opportunities. And then there's also your time of day targeting, your day of the week, uh, and more and more now genre targeting as well. So that could be your sport, mm. business, comedy, true crime, I suppose, whatever content vertical you're after there. Yeah. And Carol, is there anything um, in terms of audience, you guys, any particular interest in ways people can buy or you can cut up the listeners that you have and deliver them in a more interesting way to advertisers? Or is it more the same type of thing as Rob's just talking about there? Yeah, similar to that. Uh, we also have some audience segments that we have on Spotify as well. So, you know, we can identify based on their streaming behavior that they're early tech adopters okay. or, you know, they're interested in different types of music or they're you know, they stream health and fitness playlists and podcasts quite regularly. So we can target based on those interests as well. So, um, yeah, on top of, of all the things that, that Rob went through, the the long list of everything yeah. you can do, um, it's really great to kind of, you know, lean into those interests as well and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of add a bit more context and relevancy to your campaign. And can you, can you do you build bespoke or do you have kind of buckets, interest buckets, like, as you mentioned, like tech, people who are interested in tech, are they predefined or can you say, come to me, just tell me what you, what type of audience you're interested in and we can see if we can build a bespoke audience for you. 
Uh, no, they're all pre, okay. uh, they're pre-populated based on streaming behavior. So it's it's how uh, consumers have been streaming or what they're doing. With, you know, if, if they're getting mm-hmm. a new device, like we can see that they have like the latest operating system, for example. So, you know, right, we, yeah, we base yeah. it off of that rather than building anything ourselves. Oh, right. cool. No, that's cool. Um, I'm gonna- also some nice... Um, use cases as well, Dave, through like audio retargeting and ad sequencing as well. So, you know, someone who's been exposed to a 20 second brand ad, you can follow up and retarget yeah. them with a kind of seven second call to action. So, yeah, some yeah. nice targeting stuff through that. Yeah, as well. and that stuff is great as well. Yeah, that's like having much more kind of um, sequential delivery of messages and knowing you, you don't hear B until you've heard A or C. And that's so that's really. Yeah, like this is really exciting. Um, in that space a little bit, Carl, I'm going to stick with you here for a minute. In terms of tracking and capabilities of what you can do in terms of sequential or, you know, measurement or effectiveness that we expect with digital, what type of things can we measure with digital audio? So like I know we could do with display at the moment because you can track right through to, you know, who's gone with tags and stuff and, and see in terms of right through to a sale. But is that more difficult in audio because it's hard to, you can't, how do you attribute if, if listenership is coming through mobile and it's not necessarily through companion ads, which involve a click, what can we do? What, what types of things can we measure at the moment? Yeah, so Spotify is a, a cookie-less environment. So we don't really kind of, you know, lean into campaigns that would be like attribution-based or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, all our users are logged in. So, you know, we do get a bit more, um, insights into who they are what they're doing on the platform and you know we can give like a really in-depth report post campaign and then also yeah we have the companion images as well so we can click to lead people onto sites but we can't really track them in terms of conversion so in in terms of spotify anyway i would definitely say it's more of a branding campaign than anything that would be conversion-led Rob, same question. Is there like, is there if someone's listening? Because I know we all get the we, we all get digital. Okay, I serve an ad, I click on the mm-hmm. ad, I with tag. Well, for the moment with tags, I can see what people are doing. When it goes into audio, I don't know what we can measure. So, yeah, look, um, digital audio is a it's a very transparent medium. So, uh, as Carol kind of alluded to there, we can take you know agency one by one impression trackers. Mm-hmm. That's you'd run usually through your display or your VOD campaigns to verify that impressions ran and where they ran. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose we're working on more addressable forms of audio. So things like two-way voice ads, um, nice. Dave, actionable ads like uh, Shake Me. So it's a technology when a user hears an ad, they can shake their phone to okay. download a, an app, a coupon, make a call, launch a website. Um, and also we're doing some audio attribution work at the minute and we're just trying to formulate it around uh, an audio pixel. Uh, this would be implemented on like a client's website right. and it allows to track user actions on their platform, which could be, you know, activating a shopping cart or going to yeah, a certain yeah. page uh, and, and just really drive more data back with it. But it's in such a, an embryonic phase yeah. at the minute, I suppose, that, you know, these innovations yeah, are coming out, but they're taking space. time. Yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah there's probably going to be loads. So, because... Um, Again, these things will come, but even on that, like it's not like it's not just the targeting capability. The targeting capabilities are brilliant in digital audio, but it's not just that. Like it's actually the quality of of inventory and content that's available. Now, again, I'm saying it twice. I love radio cards on the table. I do love radio, so I don't want any of my friends in radio stations going, "What are you doing, banging on about digital?" But I do love radio, so it is brilliant, right? And I've always loved that. And it's always going to be important because it will cover local news, local stories. That's super important. But the quality of inventory available now via podcast is, is just incredible. So 
we talked about this earlier on if true crime is your thing there's thousands of podcasts about that if football is your thing and no disrespect to any you know off the ball or any sports shows they'll talk about football for a little bit on it or they have a football hour but if I'm into football maybe I want to listen to the Peter Crouch podcast if that's your thing if you love football you now have access to all this amazing inventory so Rob do you think the inventory that's available now at the moment at this ability to go really niche super niche at scale um, without wastage on interest has made audio now much more viable and attractive in turn. So the couple of clients, I know we had a alcohol client who just radio wasn't a thing, just never interested in radio. And then we would, we we did a couple of things. You probably know the client we're talking about. We did a couple of things because we were going deep on football and we brought them into audio that way. So do you, have you seen brands coming in that wouldn't have been in traditional radio? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think if you look globally, um, there is a, a very different type of advertiser that leverages digital audio, be that podcasting or, or digital audio streaming and music streaming. But I think the rise in accessible content has, has just caught the attention more of advertisers. Uh, but I think back to your point that you made earlier, there's still a lot of advertisers not activating on the medium. And I think for brands to be able to get their ad on, a, as you say, a niche uh, genre or a, a relevant podcast, or maybe a host thread of a, a, a relevant podcast is a really attractive proposition. And I know I was speaking to you before about like a, an Irish sponsorship that we executed of a global podcast uh, yeah. for Oral-B, where, where they sponsored the Irish listeners of mm-hmm. uh, Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul conversation. So without any media way, stage I suppose on their Irish marketing budgets so I think activations like that open up a a wealth of of possibilities for for advertisers yeah yeah it's super interesting Um, Carol this is probably for my own interest not really for anyone listening to podcasts what's big in podcast land now what should we? What should people listen to? Or what's gaining traction? You you see what's growing and what's become popular before. You see the trends before we all see it. So what's interesting now in the podcast space? What are the biggies or what what will be the biggies in terms of to look out for on your platform? Yeah, in terms of the moment, I mean, 70% of the top 10 are Irish podcasts. So like Irish people are really, you know, consuming local content. Um, You know, the likes of uh, the two Johnnies have always been absolutely huge. I think they were the number one podcast for about two years on on Spotify. Uh, Joe Rogan has obviously had a big impact. Yeah over and especially since he moved exclusively to Spotify Um, the other day actually um, it was announced that Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a podcast coming out so that (laughs) sounds really interesting like they're two like you know very random people put together and I think they had met like you know very briefly a couple of times and they're just sitting down having chats and I'd say that's going to be huge like I I'm definitely want to yeah. listen to that but like Michelle Obama Megan and Harry have a podcast coming out as well which I'm sure a few people will be interested in but yeah there's there's so much coming up kind of more magazine shows I suppose right, yeah, yeah. Um, interesting but the Irish content is still real that's really interesting day. like even with even with all all those I mean how do you compete with Obama and Springsteen if they're going to do a podcast before <laughs> like 70% of your listeners is the Irish podcast that's incredible so Rob what's popular in your network your ecosystem of podcasts what are the big ones or what are the, the kind of sleeping giants or what, what do you think is going to be big yeah, like, look, there's such a broad variance across them. Uh, news and politics is big. Uh, we would have a lot through sports as well. They'd be that the likes of The Athletic uh, could be off the ball, as you mm-hmm. would have mentioned there, and some other unique um, Irish podcasts. True Crime is uh, obviously a global phenomenon of mm-hmm. podcasting. and I suppose That's really, where it all started, really, wasn't it? Like, yeah, true where it started to cut its teeth. Yeah, yeah for sure. So uh, True Crime is big. Um, and then there'd be a lot in that kind of like comedy arts and entertainment as well. But right. if you were to, to narrow it down, I'd say 
news and politics, sport, and then true crime after that. Right. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Um, loads and loads and loads. Another thing which, again, deny me three times. I feel like I'm overcorrecting, but I do love radio. So um, <laughs> that's the last time I'm saying it. I'm not saying it anymore. <laughs> and I think radio, I, th- I think digital audio, digital audio is brilliant because it can bring brands in that like are just not interested in it because of all that wealth of kind of going deep into areas. And But it's not just the content because you, you can read true crime novels or watch documentaries about it. But I think there's something special about that the spoken word and the relationship you have with the podcast. But a couple of things, which again... Radio is great, but it can be cluttered. One of the things that particularly on commercial radio, the non-RT stations can be quite cluttered. So the one thing I know, 101 of advertising return is the more clutter in a break, the less clutter you get and the less um, recall you will get. And podcasts are not absolutely not cluttered. So Rob, I'm going to start with you here. Is the reason why podcasts isn't as cluttered with ads just a function of the fact that there's an oversupply of inventory at the moment? Or are there policies in place? Do you have rules in place to say, well, look, we don't need put. Will, will I ever get to a stage where before I listen to a podcast, I'm hearing three minutes of ads, four minutes of ads. Do you have a policy or is it just, yeah, it's grand at the moment, it's not cluttered? No, so uh, I suppose as it stands, there is less clutter on the medium. But I suppose from our side, like behind the company, we're audio publishers, Dave. So we want to create a really good experience for our listeners. And, you know, if you over monetize or over insert ads, there is always the risk that you will, you know, chase an audience away. So for us, uh, it's a single pre-roll ad that plays before either the stream starts or the podcast starts. Uh, And then you know, if you take that, I suppose, in juxtaposition maybe to some other digital formats like VOD, where there may be numerous ads playing before the content, it's a single ad. So I suppose the advertiser has the user's full attention. Yeah, yeah. And there's a good trade-off there in terms of user experience. And then from Audio XI side, when we're running mid-roll, again, we run them as singular ads. And for us, Dave, this is probably twofold. You know, it ensures there's no issues with competitor clashes because mm-hmm. it's a solace ad. But then it's also a better listener experience for uh, oh, yeah, the user no. at the end. For, for sure. I mean, so you're getting, give me soulless ad breaks all day, every day from an advertiser. That's exactly what I want. And loads of research to prove that backs up. Carol, is there policies in Spotify in terms of same thing? Is there limits or is it, is it, I still don't know whether this is just we've loads of supply, so we're not doing it, whether it's by design or by just a function of oversupply content. I'm sure you're as altruistic as, as you're saying there, Rob. But Carol, what's the policy on, on Spotify? Is there limits? Yeah. So there are only two to three minutes of ads per hour. Um, mm-hmm. So it's up to 70% less than radio. Yeah. So um, that opportunity to really stand out, you know, is higher. So yeah, we're, n- we're never going to be bombarding people with ads, same or in podcasts. Like at the moment, there's no ads in our own podcasts. If there's anything there, they're already stitched in from like third parties. And that's something that Spotify has really been conscious of as we're moving into podcasts and going out podcasts. Mm-hmm. We know that it's like a kind of a safe environment that people really cherish. We don't want to be overloading yeah. it with ads. So um, they have been really slow to kind of turn around their strategy in terms of ads around podcasts. And, yeah, yeah. you know, it will start to roll out, but it's always going to be very uncluttered. But also, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge amount of inventory. There, there's so much supply. It's not a problem at the moment. It'll become a problem when you start saying, oh man, everybody wants this, you know, inventory and we want to keep the integrity, but I guess it's not a problem at the moment. But, you know, the available inventory just seems to keep growing and growing. So yeah. it's look, good, to, look, to look, it's brilliant. There at, at the minute, given the, the number of impressions available, Byron, I suppose peak advertising times, yeah. there is a good level of supply there. And yeah, I also yeah. probably link back to probably a less number of active advertisers if you were to look like something 
like you know video on demand or, or or radio as you would have mentioned as well Dave. yeah just in terms for examples for people so like given all the capabilities and and the kind of geo like we know the capabilities what you can target geo ring fence messages audiences you know discretion of audience um open question whoever wants to take a can so give me an example have you have either you've been running well i'm sure you both have but give me an example of a campaign that you just think that was a brilliant campaign that we did because only digital audio could do that it's something you can't do in fm radio uh open question but if no one volunteers i'm going to ask carol to start okay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean one of the campaigns that we ran on spotify this would would have been like a few years ago but it always stands out to me as something that was just really clever and a really good use of our data and our pools of users. Um, it was for Snickers, so you know everyone knows the the tagline "You're not you, you're not you, and you're hungry." So what we did was we negatively targeted different genres. So if people were listening to pop music all the time, and then they started to listen to rock music, we would negatively target really them cool, yeah. with an ad, a jingle that sounded like pop, and it's like "You're not you." And oh, get right. back to listen to what you, you usually do. So I thought that was a really yeah, good yeah. way to use the data. And it's one of those campaigns that really stands out for me. Mm. Um, you know, we did a campaign a few years ago as well for National Lottery. And they had specific uh, creatives for different genres of music as well. Nice, yeah. It's a, a really nice way to to kind of target people differently and, yeah. you know, kind of you know, recognize as well the type of music that you're listening to. Yeah, and I think those things are lovely. If you appreciate them as a user, it's just nice. It kind of gives you a smile. Rob, what, anything you've yeah, been proud look, there's of? Yeah, there's a host of, of different campaigns there. You know, we'd run a lot of weather targeting campaigns. So if it's pissing rain in Donegal and the sun sh- shining in Sligo, you can get uh, different mm. ads based on the weather conditions to that. Uh, or, or if it's pissing rain somewhere and it's pissing rain a bit more somewhere else, you can run the pissing rain <laughs> more ad. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I think that's the way it technically works. But uh, <laughs> we've worked with the likes of Velo Coffee, uh, an Irish coffee roaster who supply their coffee into Aldi stores. Mm-hmm. And basically what we've done is we've draw, drawn a 10-kilometer radius around 18 different Aldi stores in the Leinster and Munster region with a call to action to head in store there and get nice, your coffee yeah. beans. Um, we've also, you know, recently ran a campaign with Cadbury Cream Egg that would have had a, a geolocated campaign to Dublin, Cork and Galway with specific messaging around those counties and then a separate national message. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, we're currently advertising for something that mightn't be possible in other formats, uh, like a new pizza place where we've right. drawn a five kilometre radius just around Santry that's opening there. Uh, and then they can run, you know, on the likes of national advertisers like today. FM and News Talk, but also global podcasts like the Conan O'Brien Show or mm-hmm. Oprah Winfrey Super Soul Conversations to basically get whatever people are listening to within that five kilometer radius and catch all. And then there's a host of, of dynamic audio um, campaigns that we've run also. Cool. So there's loads. Yeah, it's really exciting. And I, I knew a bit about it, but as I'm talking about it, I'm probably going, there's so much things we could do. And I, and I think actually when you think about the capabilities, that sometimes becomes, there's so much you can do. It's somewhat, it becomes, you know, it's a paralysis of choice, to be honest, because when you think about all the things you could do, there's just not enough hours in the day to, to activate all the things that you could do. And I think one of the problems, well, certainly one of the problems with digital media generally, and one of the problems, the promises or over promises that digital media made was this ability to go hyper, hyper, hyper targeted with campaigns and messaging. And what happened was in digital media was like the, the technical ability, the ability to go as granular as like thousands of audience far outweighed the creative requirement or indeed the kind of sensible requirement for anybody to do that. So there was this. I mean, this ridiculous narrative of one to one, it's going to go one to one. That's garbage because like, you don't. You do not need one-to-one messaging unless every single person 
is completely different and needs a different message. And that's just not the way it is. So there's no point in segmenting the Irish population into 50 different discrete audiences and buying them that way if you've only got two different ads. We just got like, we have clients where they go, yeah, we've got 17 different segments. We go, we got one ad. The segmentation is nonsense <laughs> if you don't. Like, and I think about it, you might be able to segment these people into 25 different discrete groups, but what's different about them? They, you know, what's motivationally different about them? So I think, and the industry can be, and not, I'm generalizing, but the industry can get awfully excited about relatively small things and we can overcomplicate things. But that was the thing that really bothered me in terms of this ability to get into segments of one. Now, one of the things that publishers did and, and display did quite well was offer up a creative solution to that. So the idea where, well, I just don't have time to make 20, 30, 50 different ads. Just not, well, you don't need to now because if you've gone onto our website and you've clicked on a loan for five grand, lo and behold, you will be given contextually relevant ad. We know you looked at five grand and you'll be given that back to you. And if you looked at 10 grand, that'll be shown back to you. And I get how that works in dynamic display, but it, the same concept could work in audio. Rob, I know we talked about this before, but in theory, if you take a 30 second ad, well, not in theory, in, in, in actuality, if you take a 30 second ad and you cut it into three component parts, a 10 second intro, middle and end, and you do four variations of that you then and i'm going to get my maths wrong here but you now have 64 <laughs> different permutations and combinations it's either 64 or 640 million i'm not <laughs> sure which one it is but you know that idea of just record four bits of each one which is 16 bits of copy splicing up three different ways you get 64 different ads is there any, any dynamic creative being worked on that either you know about in audio yeah so i suppose if, if we look at campaigns that we've actually ran within audio xi uh We've ran numerous of them, and as you say, there it's about creating variations of the ad that that multiply up and and give you know hundreds, if not thousands, of variations. So we actually have a campaign currently live for Vodafone broadband. So this is a dynamic audio campaign that has created over 500 variations of what normally would have been a traditional 30-second single broadcast spot ad. So it's actually targeted to 29 different towns around Ireland where Vodafone offer their broadband. Then it's also tailored by the content they're about to run into. So you'll get okay. a different ad if you run into a podcast or a music stream nice. or a radio stream. And then it's also tailored by the device they're listening on. So if you're, you'll get a different ad, uh, a different line on your smart speaker or a different line on your mobile or a different wow. line on yeah. your laptop. So that's all multiplied up. And what it does is it gives the listener a better ad experience. And obviously because of those data points that we can tailor the creative, uh, it also increases the salience of um, yeah. Vodafone broadband's ad. And we've done the same actually with uh, Cadbury Snack as well. In 2020, we created 312 variations of their audio ad in-house and in conjunction with Dentsu as well. And basically delivered them a similar geo-targeted by county um, mm. dynamic audio experience yeah that and uh, well first of all i'm glad you mentioned vodafone and, and cabri i was literally going to say to your private don't go stop mentioning our clients mention ours <laughs> oh, um, so that's great but it, and i think these things can quite often like it doesn't have to be overt to the user you can you can know a lot about it and it's unknown to the user that the ad they're hearing is unique to them based on lots of complicated things that have gone on about their behavior like it doesn't have to be creepy go hey we know you've just done this so we're gonna you know like it, it can yeah. happen in the background which i think is brilliant carol um some of you have you been working on any interesting creative because creative is a big thing so anything interesting you've been working on um in terms of dynamic ads we haven't really been doing much um you know we've been kind of restricted in terms of like io business but mm -hmm. we've recently just taken on the programmatic side right. of spotify so we can start offering something similar to what rob was saying and right. I, I will be 
you know, diving in into the 300 pieces of coffee. Yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> so like, we'll see how we get on with that. Um, but that's really you know, an exciting yes, development absolutely. that we have on our side and something I'm really looking forward to working with. And I know a guy, the guy's in like a million ads and a couple of, of companies like that. They do a lot of work in that area and they've done a lot of work globally with the likes of Heineken or whoever. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting to now be able to offer things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think on, the sorry. biggest thing on, on that side of it as well, Dave, is... is you know, sometimes brands and agencies hear 512 variations of my ad and they go, oh, God, no. But it's actually a really simple creative process <laughs> and it's a it's a piece of software that does the work. So, yeah. like, to give you an idea, the client gets a two-page document back that is the variations of their lines. We upload them into a piece of software and the software dynamically stitches it based on the data points yeah, yeah. from the listener. Okay. They're not getting landed with 512 different files and going, can you sign off on each one? So, <laughs> It's a, it's a pretty yeah. simple experience from a client side and an agency side as well. Yeah, no, it's incredible all the, the things you can do. And, and given that, as we said, that it's still not, maybe it's still underinvested in the moment, which is which is weird. But staying with creative for a minute, another thing is the ad formats, you know. So radio, look, radio is grand. It has sponsorship, it has spot. It's brilliant what you can do. And I think it's unfair. A lot of, Some of the criticism aimed at radio is the, is the quality of creative. And I don't think that's that's not fair because it is, it's kind of disposable creative to a degree. It's one of the strengths is the fact that it's not expensive to make ads. You're not going to spend thousands making a radio ad. It's just not going to happen. So, but I do think in terms of what's interesting about the podcast, and we touched on it earlier on, was well, something I do want to know though. I know presenter in reads for people who don't know what that is. What you can do is, well, I'm not going to say what it is, but apart from presenter in reads, can someone just explain what they are for people who are listening? And also, apart from them, what other interesting creative formats are available if people want yeah. to get involved with podcasts? Who wants to take that one? Happy to, to hear the podcast. You, okay, you here. start. You start. <laughs> so, Rob, yes. just explain to me because you mentioned the Oprah Winfrey thing earlier on, and and somebody who works at me, by the way, and she knows her stuff digitally, and she was surprised that this was a thing you could do. They couldn't believe that you could do in read presenter in reads geo targeted to Ireland. So, tell people listening what they are. Yeah, look, uh, a live read and a podcast or a presenter in read is just a 45 to 60 seconds. Sometimes they span a little bit longer. Read done by the podcast host. Sometimes in international podcasts, it may be done by uh, the podcast producer. But generally, it's based off a brief and there'll be the four to five kind of key points that a brand wants to get across. And basically, the podcast host will start their live read and they will hit those five points. But what's really important is it's done in the tone of voice of the podcast. So mm -hmm. It doesn't sit out like an ad, you know, mm -hmm. it's done in the tone of voice of Off the Ball or the Peter Crouch podcast, as you would have mentioned there, or the Two Johnnies or whatever that is. So what it sounds like to the end listener is another piece or an extension of the podcast rather than a pre-recorded what we would call spot ad. So it's a it's a really innovative, I suppose, piece of creative, um, but it lends itself to like a traditional live read like you'd hear in radio, Dave, that you mentioned. But like, um, but say, say Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama. <laughs> I want to buy Irish audiences for, say, Dave Winterlich's coffee shop and I just want to ring fence. Can I, is Barack Obama or, or Bruce Springsteen going to read out my ad that only Irish people are going to hear? Um, well, that's Maybe a bad example, but well, you know what I mean. In, in <laughs> principle, in principle, like if we did a campaign targeted oh, yeah. to Ireland, it was a big campaign and it was with, say, I don't know, Scott Galloway. He does pivot to what I'm listening to, but it, the principle of it, would you be getting people who are big in the States doing an, an, a read for a target, a campaign that's only targeting Irish people? Can we do that? So, 
Yeah, so like it is possible. Generally, what it'll come down to, Dave, like anything in life, will be um, revenue. You know, it'll come down to what is the campaign spend. The way we would work it is we would have a podcast host live read, and there'd be a minimum spend to hit the host to do it. And then anything that would fall in under that for the international podcast would generally be read by um, a podcast producer. I want so Oprah reading my ad, Rob. I don't know how to say this any clearer. I want Oprah yeah. reading out my ad, okay? With a decent twelve-month commitment, Dave, we'd get you that spend, okay. and we would we would get you Oprah reading your right. ad. Now, for your local coffee shop, who knows? But if the budget's there, it's possible. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. So, um, and apart from that, is there any other interesting formats or things that maybe people listen don't know, haven't thought of, know were available? But yeah. I don't yeah. know if anyone's helped. Is anything? Yeah, open question. Myself and Rob could probably talk about audio ads for, for days and days. Um, well, I'm going to cut like, you off in about five minutes, so it's grand. <laughs> I, uh, I actually love like innovation with audio and like 3D audio ads or 8D audio ads, which is the, the current kind of buzzword. You know, that's something that's really impactful when you think that, especially on Spotify, and probably the same with other digital audio, like, you know, the vast majority of people are listening on their headphones. So a 3D or 8D audio ad is really, really impactful. And, you know, it really does kind of take you by surprise. It does stand out. Um, so I love seeing people kind of lean into that. Uh, Frank and Honest uh, did a really great campaign was it last year, um, just grinding up coffee beans. And, you know, it really does help it stand out. Really wanted to, to go and get a coffee yeah. afterwards. Like it was really impactful. And then some entertainment brands are really great at doing that and Especially now, the I know the latest PlayStation. And I know this from my boyfriend anyway. The latest PlayStation headphones have like three D audio built right, into, well. so it's something that brands are really kind of leaning into. And I think definitely in the next like 12, 18 months, you'll see a lot more brands kind of yeah. leaning into their Sonic branding as well. And I. Couldn't have asked for a better example to be used within uh, that, Carol, because I actually made that frank and honest audio ad. So it's um, <laughs> look, it's a great use of audio. And as you said there, with headphones plugged in, it immerses mm. the listener into this kind of this 3D atmospheric um, place. So, yeah, to that example, the frank and honest one's a great one. Um, and we might share it and sure it can be shared out in the podcast at the end. But what it does uh, is you hear the coffee beans grinding on your left. You hear the shout of a flat white coming oh, That's a really good idea. You. I will put it at the end of the podcast. This is a great idea. I never even thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, then anyone who's listening in headphones can tune in. But really what it does is it just paints that picture and then, you know, you get hit with that VO that has the message mm. through it and it just, it drops you into um, into that environment. So again, that's a really, really nice use case. And I agree with Carol there. I think more and more brands will start to use that. Your Sonic branding, we're hopefully in a place in the next 12 months where we'll have two-way voice ads. So where brands can start to enter into a dialogue through voice activated um, devices rather than a single monologue. So it might be where you tell your audio ad to tell me more, or you might say to skip your audio ad, or you might request a call back for um, a new car or whatever that may be. Definitely give me a call with all these things when you, before you launch them, these are, that sounds amazing. Or shake, or shake the phone to go to website, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Another thing, sorry, I'm going to jump in. But another thing that's um, coming out as well with podcasts is um, like polls. So while you're listening to your podcast, you know, the the host might say, oh, you know, take her poll. If you look at your screen now and you can select A, B, C or D, whatever, or you can comment and interact with the host right, as well. Yeah. It's, there are advancements that are coming as well, which are going to be like really interesting. So this is really like, I know 
cliche, but really is only only starting off. It's only getting going. The, the thing that excites me is get in. Five brands will be getting in now. Get in now. Try different things. Try things before. It's very costly to make mistakes on things. Try new products. Try new formats. Try now. On that note, Karen, I'm going to start with you. If you know the platform better than anybody, uh, well, certainly better than agency people, and you know what's good and you know what other brands have done. If people are listening, clients are listening, and they're saying, I'm really interested in doing something here, but like, I, I just don't know what to do. Do you have any creative resources available? Like, so the Snickers campaign, um, would that be something that would, you have an internal team that you could help clients and come up with a creative kind of ideas, how to use it? Can you, can you just take a brief and come back with some really smart, cool, innovative suggestions for them? Yeah, like usually the problem is like I'm pitching all these crazy ideas and they just come back with like a standard ad. Um, yeah. And, you know, and that's understandable, of course. Like, you know, you might just want to do the one ad to do you the radio and, yeah. and Spotify and whatever else you're using. But um, I'm always trying to push innovation. We have creative guidelines um, that we can share with everyone. We've done immersive audio workshops as well uh, with creative vendors that we work with. Um, we've done a lot of a lot of sessions with clients with agencies a lot of creative agencies actually come to us and they're like oh my god my client wants to use Spotify for the first time I don't know what to do help me yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're more than happy to help um, you know right. myself and Rob are probably there pushing so many people down the lines of something creative you know we're all we're always dying to do something yeah because I think that's the problem I think it's a problem for people going like they sometimes you don't know but and 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 Rob same question to you but also is there any creative production resource available that you guys offer as Carla said there there's a host of opportunities and we do a lot of our uh, production for our clients and we can wrap it into wider media partnerships um but yeah we have full in-house capabilities from audio engineers um to the binaural and 3d audio capabilities to mm-hmm. dynamic audio capabilities we can do all that in-house or we can take your creative from your creative agency right. you know we're kind of uh, we're agnostic in we're, terms we'll of we'll take your money we'll take the creative from. just give us the money we'll figure it yeah. out don't care how we take the creative that's, <laughs> that's <laughs> Exactly what it's like. Good. Yeah, There's like, nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's good. And I think the opportunity as well, Dave, just there on the creative side of things is sometimes brands start with the singular broadcast spot and mm. then they go to look at, okay, well, how can I create this for digital audio? Where more and more now we're working collaboratively with brands and we're starting to think with, okay, well, how many variations of this do we want to create for digital audio? And then they mix down their FM spots from that. So they may create 14 different digital audio ads, but then they'll mix down one of them and they'll use a singular one on their broadcast FMs then as well. And we wrap in all one usage costs and uh, one production cost so for that. Then. The, the tail is wagging the dog now in this in that instance. It's it yeah okay. I like that. That's cool. Final thing because you've you've been generous and you I've kept you longer than oh, this always runs over. Like this, honestly, this started off as like a twenty odd minute podcast. Now getting to be an hour every. It's just getting longer and longer. And it, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm enjoying it more. Uh, do you have if people are listening uh, brands or well more brands say clients and they want to say I don't really know a lot about this. Don't want to ring. Carol or Rob, yeah. is there? Do you have case studies anywhere? Is there anywhere people can go? Carol, I'm going to start with you. Do you have case studies anywhere? Is there is there a body of creative ads? All these examples you talked about that they exist anywhere? Where do people go if they want to find out and they're interested in having a snoop around? Yeah, the, the Spotify website is actually great. So there's like Spotify for creatives and Spotify for advertising. So there's a load of case studies there. Um, we're trying to get it a lot more localized as well. So you know, we we have loads of things that we can share um, ourselves as well. We're putting stuff 
up on our digitized website. So um, there's absolutely loads of case studies to share. So if anybody wants information, you just have to ask or awesome. look online. Great. And Rob? Yeah, much the same. Look, um, we have a host of use cases there and a host of case studies that we're happy to share with anyone. We're actually just kind of re-updating the AudioXI website at the minute. So uh, hopefully a good proportion of them will sit up there just so that people can see how uh, other brands are using audio. But look, I think, and, and Carol has has mentioned it a few times, what you have is a, a very willing and, and consultative digital audio yeah. landscape in Ireland. And there is a huge amount of publishers outside of myself and Carol and other companies who mm. have fantastic knowledge and fantastic capabilities and are more than willing to um, you know help out and to advise and support any advertiser or agency so I think by by reaching out and collaborating brands can get really strong results in the area great well yeah I'm sold anyway well you know we were so we were one of the early adopters into this space so I'm sold you reduce indeed. your clutter improve your targeting be creative formats and uh, you know what's not to love about it so Thank you so much for joining me today. And I just want to say thanks to our partners in the Irish Times Media Solutions and thanks to Andrea on sound. I am actually available for presenter in-reads if anyone's interested in me doing in-reads. Um, Carol, you might have word. I'm also, I can sell this podcast. You know, I don't even want 50 million. It's no problem. I sell for considerably cheaper than that. Um, I'd but, hook you up with, uh, with Bruce Springsteen. Nice, yeah, great. Yeah, that's, there's a podcast. I go... I'd listen to that. Um, But listen, all joking aside, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Carol. Thank you so much. And thanks, Rob. Until two weeks time, stay safe. Bye. So yeah, lots going on in digital audio. And and as the guys mentioned there, Carol and Rob, there's loads of good creative examples. And I just thought it might be nice if we played a couple of examples here, some of the campaigns that they spoke about. So the first one that I'm going to play is the Frank and Honest um, ad that both Carol and Rob talked about because it's just a really cool campaign. And then there's a couple more at the end of it, just if you're interested in hearing some of the creative formats that we talked about. We're here to talk about great coffee. Frank and honest coffee. Can I get a flat white, please? From medium roast beans ground to perfection. To the pour of our subtly sweet espresso. Making a frank and honest coffee is an exquisite process. And one that's carried out to step-by-step perfection in every cup. Enjoy a frank and honest coffee today in Centra and SuperValue stores nationwide. Oh yeah. Your music will be back soon, you smooth operator. I'm here to tell you that the Wi-Fi enabled Symphonisk speaker from IKEA and Sonos has arrived. Meaning you can fill your home with love. Fill your home with feeling. IKEA, the wonderful everyday, and gaze back into their eyes. Underwater. When you're underwater for months at a time, you lose all sense of day and night. And some things are just out of your control. Do you really think that was an earthquake? No. We drilled to the bottom of the ocean, and we don't know what came out. What was that? Turn your lights off. Underwater in cinemas February 7th. Cert 12A. The Inside Marketing Podcast. Brought to you by Dentsu and Irish Times Media Solutions.